Well, welcome to our podcast here at Gateway Church. We are in the middle of our uh, flourishing series, and today we are talking about how to flourish financially. And I am pleased to say that we've got uh, Amon Quadri and Mark Fantacone, uh, some of our South buddies. Uh, love you guys. And uh, you guys are a part of this community, have been a part of this community uh, for years and years, uh, but also you help people and uh, you are in the industry of either helping people build wealth, building that for your family, uh, and passing on that legacy. So Mark, I wanted to start with you. What got you interested when it comes to finances and building wealth? How did that start? Well, uh, after I graduated college and I started my career, I went into debt immediately. I bought a full ski package and because I had money. I didn't have money when I was in college. Right. And I got in debt. And it's like, wait a minute, now what do I do? It took me six months to dig out of that hole. And I said, I'm never doing this again. And then I just started getting interested in the stock market, how to budget, how to avoid debt, how to build wealth. Um, and it enabled me to retire at a pretty early age from technology and and now i'm now i do what i'm passionate about yeah that's awesome thank you so much and Amon, i know you've had uh, a plethora of different careers uh, we talked about that a little bit how how did you get started in building wealth as coming from a physical therapy background some people might be listening saying well i'm not in finances so that's not me how could yeah. you could you speak to that yeah well i was i was young and uh in high school college i started a little co small computer store and so i had to learn how to budget quickly right you know you have to deal with expenses and all that stuff and i found that even like mark was saying i was i fell into debt and so it was digging out of that debt and then trying to do the same thing it was like, I'm not going to be back in it again. And I grew up in a family where we didn't talk about that, right? We didn't talk about finances. We didn't talk about, you know, how to save or anything like that. It was just, you know, eat, live and go do your thing. And so for me, it was as I went through the computer store and then went back to school to, for therapy and then got out of it and went into different careers in health tech and emerging tech. And now I work in the fintech space, which is building financial products uh, that are focused on getting people out of generational debt to generational wealth. And that's my passion. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Generational debt to generational wealth. Well, that's what we live, right? Yeah. I mean, everything we do is trying to get us deeper and deeper into the hole. And how do we stop people from starting altogether or the little tools to get you out of it? Faster, yeah, right? that's good. And I love that, especially uh, it's no secret we're church, right? Um, and sometimes that can vacillate between prosperity gospel and God wants you to be uh, have all this money and have all this health and all this wealth too then the other side unfortunately is like well I'm not just I'm just not going to work hard to save because God's going to provide he knows my needs right yeah. um, so when it comes to financial flourishing what are some simple ways to define that where the pendulum doesn't swing to either of those sides how would you describe financial flourishing I want to start with you Mark well I would say it's where you don't have to worry about money anymore um you have enough to cover your your needs, and you have you have flexibility. You have flexibility to do what you're passionate about. Uh, you have flexibility to give more. Uh, you have flexibility to you know invest in whatever you're whatever you're passionate about. And there's no anxiety mm. about money. Um, it's it's just freedom and peace. Yeah, that's good. What about you, Mon? I think financially flourishing to me is is more about uh, trying to figure out how, again, like you said, let me add to that, is like getting rid of the anxiety part, but also to be able to understand that what we make here is not is is 
it's, of course, we want to take care of our families, but we also want to be able to do the things that we love and give back and take care of the next generation, right? I think that right now, like for me, I've always focused on like, how do we get my wife and I in a good spot? And then once we started having kids, how do we get them in a good spot, right? And so we've started from day one trying to teach them, like, how do you buy stocks? How do you do research? How do you find the right apps to use? Because they're in a world now where everywhere they go, they spend, spend, spend. And so to me, I tell them, it's like, budget wisely, build your wealth slowly, and then continue to do it habitually. And if you do those things, you will be in a spot where you don't worry. Mm, that's good. Yeah. You, got, you both mentioned anxiety. I'm sure there's people that are listening will, that are saying, well, you don't know my story. I'm in twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 of debt, whether that's consumers, student loans. Um, how can somebody stave off in this, in this road of like building wealth and trying to get out of generational debt and building wealth and flourishing financially? Sometimes the anxiety is just, it feels like it's nonstop, right? It feels like I, I can't do any more to get out of this or... I can't, uh, I need to do more to compare to my neighbor down the street or my coworker who seems like they're, they're bursting out of the seams. So how would you help somebody who's listening? It may be a story that might connect of not letting the pursuit of wealth become uh, the means to destroy other parts of their life, uh, of flourishing in other parts of their lives. What I mean by that is sometimes the pursuit of wealth can infringe upon your family and the time you spend with your family or your mental health or you are at work all the time, you're not taking care of yourself physically. So what are some guardrails that people can put up to maybe stave off some of that anxiety and stave off some of the erosion of some of the area, other areas of their life? What are some guardrails around building wealth as they pursue that in a healthy way? Amon, do you want to answer that? I'm going to say the first thing that I think both of us could agree on is you got to start with the budget in mind, right? You know, I, I think that if you don't start there, then you will, you will definitely go off the rails very quickly, right? So you have to understand what you make. You have to understand what you can save. You have to understand what you can give. And then you have to understand your nature too, right? So I've had a numerous amount of job opportunities in the past. Some are very lucrative and some not so much. Uh, and I have turned down jobs where I could make two or three times as much because most of those jobs would have required an excessive amount of time away from family, mm. an excessive amount of time away from my wife, and an excessive amount of time focused on business development, making sales, doing whatever. And all those things are a division, not only between myself and my family, but also between myself and God, mm. right? And to me, I always go back to the, you know, the, the parable of the young ruler, right? Yeah. You, know, you find it in a couple spots, Matthew, Mark, where you know, he shows up, and you know, asks us like, "Hey, you know, what can I do to get eternal life?" And you know, Jesus says, "All right, you need to follow the, you know, the, the commandments." He's like, "Well, which ones?" And he's like, "Well, pretty much all of them, right? Don't kill, don't steal, don't do adultery, and all this kind of stuff." And he's like, "I got one more for you," because he asked, "What am I, what am I lacking?" He said, "Sell all your possessions, right, and follow me." And then the young rich ruler walks away, right? And he's sad. He walks away, and in the Greek word, I think it's lupeo, which actually means he grieved, right? Mm. Because his, his love of money was so much, and he did everything else right, he just wasn't willing to give up that one thing, and that's his pursuit, right? And it, he was already off the rails there, right? And so keeping, keeping God as the center of it is the biggest guardrails you can put. Yeah, and, I th and you spoke to time as well, right? Like time with your family. Because somebody might be listening and they might be saying, 
I wish I could make three times what I make right now. I'll sacrifice the time, but in many ways, you don't know what you're asking. Nope. Kind of like the rich young ruler is like, yep. hey, do you really know what you're asking? Are you really trying to do this the right way? And Mark, you mentioned this before we got started a little bit, that because of what you were able to do and retire early, you're now able to uh, invest time into the next generation and to um, teach part-time things like that. But what are some other guardrails that you would put up or maybe that you have seen in your life that maybe you've run up against or you've helped people overcome um, when it comes to building wealth? How can people do this in a healthy way? Yes. Um, so just adding to what Amon said, starting with a budget, it really all starts with a budget. You need to know where your money's going in order to have control over your finances. Uh, another big thing is avoiding debt because debt really sabotages your goals, right? Your future goals, you're saving for retirement, you're saving for a house or whatever, whatever your goals are. And then the other thing is start saving as early as you can because compound interest is a beautiful thing, right? And watch that grow. Um, but, you know, all, all these tools and processes are, are good but it's not rocket science, right? They're, they're, it's just basic stuff. The hard part is changing habits. The hard part is how do I do this, right? How do I, how do I change my habit of perhaps overspending or um, not really knowing where my money's going or, or, or just buying things uh, on a credit card co continuously? That's the hardest part. So I would say... If you're, if you're starting out, start out small, okay? Um, start saving a little bit. Start building that habit. Stop using your credit cards or, or not as much. Um, only get what you need for a period of time. Start building those habits, those good habits. And over time, you can build on that. You can start saving more. You can start, you know, you can avoid debt and so forth. Yeah, and Mark, you help. Uh, my wife and I, which we're forever grateful for that. You helped us, coach us in this uh, a lot of these areas. So both of you said, hey, start with a budget. Okay, I've got that. For somebody listening, I've got my budget. I know what I spend monthly. I know my wants. I know some of the needs. I know some of the areas where I can curve it a little bit. Uh, I have this debt. How do I How do I get out of that so I can start about building? How do I just cover up that hole? Where would you say somebody start? Which is one thing that you would uh, somebody could start with? Well, if you're in debt, particularly high interest debt like credit card debt, um, you really need to get out of that debt as soon as possible because the, the credit card company is taking advantage of you. Um, so however you can do that as quickly as possible, that could involve tightening up your budget a little bit, uh, maybe uh, trying to figure out how I can make more money, right? Whatever it is to direct your attention to paying, to paying down that debt. Um, cause it's so crippling. Yeah. Right. It, it just, it just cripples your ability to build wealth. Yeah. Amon, would you add anything to that? I would. I think that you have to think about small victories, right? You know, a lot of people have different kinds of debt, right? High interest debt is one, but you know, I think when you see a victory, let's say, Hey, I've got $10,000 over here and I've got $500 over here. Well, knock out that $500 and get that victory because then it becomes a mindset. And a lot of times they call it the snowball effect and other things too. But I think that if you start to just get slowly one thing after another and then actually ask for help. Mm. There's so many people who get into debt who because of, and I've been there before too, my ego didn't want yeah. 
or let me ask for help until later. Or shame, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. There, there's a there's a shame component to it, and I think that if you will allow somebody to help you or give you a pathway to do it, or go see people like Mark and say, hey, look, let's set up a plan, right? I think that's that's the thing. There are plenty of people out there that will help you. Yeah. You know, and there are plenty of programs out there that will help you to accelerate debt recovery. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of saying those words. Yeah. Speaking of programs, I want to give some uh, people a resource. You mentioned one earlier uh, before we started recording um, that you do with your family. Can you mention that again for anybody listening? Like, how can I start with my kids so yeah. they don't do, make the same mistakes that I did? Yeah. So uh, my kids, I recently moved them. I had them before, but I moved them back to a company called Greenlight. They're only focused, well, they're doing some stuff in, for adults now too, but mostly focus on children uh, where you can actually set up accounts for them. You can actually put in guardrails, right? You know, So you don't want your kids to spend so much money online or whatever. You can actually set each one of those individual buckets. But they've recently allowed kids to start investing some of their money. So there's sections on how to talk to them about stocks and ETFs and funds. And, Disney. You know, yeah. <laughs> That's the first one. <laughs> well, I mean, it could yeah. be, right? I mean, uh, they list, they don't list Disney in there, but they list them a lot of the major stocks and you can search for more. And I asked my five-year-old, because he had a little bit of cash in there, I was like, where do you want to go? And he said, Google. All right, well, Smart we're going to start with Google. Well, that's Smart right. kid. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that. Uh, my other daughter said Amazon. So it's, uh, and the other one's Apple. So they all chose their own ones. Really like, smart well, why, kids. <laughs> why do you choose these things? And I think that if you start them off little by little and say, all right, we're only going to buy a little bit today because the price may go down. And so the price goes down, what do we do? We're going to buy a little bit more and average that cost down. So you have to teach those simple things because I was never taught that. Mm. I learned that in my 20s. Yeah. But if, I, if we can lay the foundation now in, at 5, 10, 15, well, then that generational debt thing starts going away, right? Yeah. You know, And then they have the tools to be able to teach their kids. Yeah. And speaking of habits and family, obviously both of you are following Jesus. And I want to end off our time with this last question. We're going to say the quiet part out loud. Sometimes we're afraid of talking about tithing uh, when it comes to church and following Jesus, especially when people are new to this journey. Um, what difference is tithing? And if anybody's unfamiliar, tithing is uh, what we believe in giving your first 10% of whatever comes in back to God. And so what, in your journey of following Jesus, what has been your journey of tithing and why would you say it's important for people? Because somebody might be listening and, and saying, oh, here they go, they're talking about money again, the church just wants my, a piece of my paycheck. But the reality, and there's so much deeper spiritual truths, Mark, um, what's been your journey with tithing? How's that changed? And then why, is that, why would that be important for somebody else to follow? Well, um, I started out not tithing at all. Um, and I can remember growing up and my parents would put a couple bucks in the offering uh, bucket, obviously much less than 10%. And that's kind of what I was familiar with. And so when I started going to Gateway, I wasn't tithing. And I can remember one Sunday early on, I took a $20 bill and I put it in the offering bucket. And I felt like I was giving my life away, 20 <laughs> bucks. Yeah. And... So I basically started small, and then I just kept growing that every year. I kept growing it. Um, and to me, it's, it's being obedient um, to the Lord. Um, I think that's really important. That's what I try to do. And uh, I, I think, uh, and, and you know, when you get to a, a point where um, you have financial freedom, it gives you a lot of flexibility, too, uh, to even give more, right, than, than, than 10%. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a joy. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Amon, what would you add to that? 
Um, I, I was very similar when I first started. Uh, when I became a Christ follower, I did not give. Uh, it, w- it took me a little time before I started doing it. And part of it was, I don't know where this is going. I don't know how they're using it. You know, mm. and it was, and it was a the skepticism. It was, it was right. And it, and it finally, I sat down and started going through it. And um, in Malachi, it says, you know, bring the first, you know, ten percent of your store. You know, bring it into the storehouses or whatever, and test me on this, right? And test me. And so uh, I was like, all right, well, if we're going to have this relationship, God, where I can test you, I'm going to put it out there, right? So I'm going to start giving. And it wasn't ten percent. I'll tell you that one. I think it's like four percent or something like that. Right? I'll tell on myself, mm-hmm. but but slowly I started seeing, you know, that my relationship with God was changing. Right? Mm. God doesn't need our money. Right? He can do whatever He wants to do, and He can, you know, He can, you know, His people will be served. The whole thing with it was is that the hold that money had on me was starting to get let go because I was willing to let go. Right? And so my idol was going away, and that's when I was like, all right, I can do five percent. I can do the ten percent. And even to this day, I don't automate my giving, right? So every month, I'll go online and give. But the reason I do it is because every time I give, I want to pray, right? mm. you know, with, with God on this. Yeah. There are missionaries we, you know, we, we support uh, also uh, with our giving because we've now gone above and beyond. And for every one of those, I don't automate that either. I'm yeah. like, what are you doing in their lives? How are they doing it? They're furthering your kingdom. So I like to be able to do that. I think it's just building my relationship with God. Yeah. Like getting that out of the way has helped dramatically for yeah. me to have that relationship. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you guys so much. And I think for uh, some of the resources that you guys mentioned, uh, budget building, uh, green light, um, and then another one that I would add uh, is FPU, Financial Peace wow. University, that we've got starting at our North Campus, South Campus, and Buda, uh, starting in uh, late September now. And so uh, if you don't know where to start, start there. Uh, and jumping into community and doing it with other people and know, okay, I'm not alone in this. Um, I'm not the only one who doesn't feels like they're lost in the wilderness that is finances. So thank you guys so much for your time. We appreciate you, appreciate your journey. And thank you for helping the people that you're helping and continuing doing it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah.